0: It's the Daily Talk Show, episode
1: 66, and who would have thought we would have brought an intro in? Yeah, yeah, but I just realised I was trying to create some sort of tone or some sort of melody, and we've already got a song playing underneath us right now, so it's going to be, it sounds like, that will sound like shit. Tommy and Josh. Do you like what I just did there? Put your name first. Thanks, mate. I think that sounds better, don't you think? Tommy and Josh. Josh and Tommy. Yeah. Josh and, I like Josh and Tommy, and you like Tommy and Josh? That's nice, fuck, isn't it? never decide. Anyway, it's called The Daily Talk Show. <laughs> it is. Because um, you're, you're replaceable, mate. <laughs> I can true. fuck you off any minute. It's true. It's good to um, <laughs> hedge your bets on um, these. Just quickly, uh, i like to give some like little updates around uh, how people are marketing in this day and age yep. through LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Had a few personalized emails. Actually, they weren't personalized. They were the most templated emails sent through to me. But this one... Um, so LinkedIn, you get like a, a request to be a friend or what is yeah. it? Yeah, you requested Brie this morning. She said, oh, did. Tommy Jackets just, uh, added me on LinkedIn. I don't know why we weren't together <laughs> know, anyway. That's true. As friends on LinkedIn, not together in real life. But anyway, um, so I had a guy request me, Dave. Yeah. Shout out to Davo. And you know, when you request someone, you can put like a note. Mm-hmm that is basically, I, I don't know it was the features there, obviously. So it's not that impersonal. So you can be like, Hey dude, um, would love to connect with you. Mm-hmm. So I got, this guy, Dave, let me just run you through this. Dave first sent the connection plus a note that said, hi, Tommy. This year I'm making an effort to expand my personal connections and reach people who share my passion. It appears from your profile that we have similar interests. I'd love it if we could join each other's networks and get some amazing opportunities as a result. Dave I didn't I didn't write anything. I just yeah. accepted cuz it's a, it's a it's a interesting game LinkedIn. I just go hard. It's old school Facebook, just liking, (laughs) following, just commenting on people's, just going hard. And so I accepted him. And then he sent another one through. Mm -hmm. Thanks for the connection, Tommy. Let's make the most of this opportunity and see how we can help each other get opportunities we otherwise wouldn't. All the best. Cheers, Dave. I don't know if it's
0: your tone, but he sounds like a fucking pain in the arse. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're setting me up to say he's a. He's, is he? No, he's. Is um, okay.
1: But what do you think of that? Like it's it's very not, It's not personalised. It's co- copy and paste. It's almost a template. Yeah. And it's um. He's a filmmaker. An amazing coffee drinker. That's what he says.
0: Yeah, I think that if you're gonna go to, like going back to actually, it also reminds me closing the loop on two things, still need to write back to that person who wrote to me that really nice email who I said did a really good job I haven't written back. I can't remember that. But uh, you
1: remember, you, you're reminding yourself here. Yeah. But also
0: another closer loop that's completely irrelevant to this. Yes. Bree told me that I, she paid my ambulance cover already. So when I did that episode and said, oh, I need to pay my ambulance cover. it had been she, paid. She was yelling through the speakers saying, I fucking paid it. <laughs> you idiot. Um, no. So yes. Emails, uh, tone, sending messages. Dave. Dave. <laughs> I think it's all okay. the fucking the, the the dots are connecting. I think um, his I don't like that approach. It's okay. Is it be, is it better than just connecting blind? Maybe mm. it's nowhere near the um, if it feels like it's a fucking copy and paste job. It did. It it's actually probably worse in some regards than just not saying anything at all because he's revealed his cards. He, he, it sounds like you're in a fucking sales funnel. Yeah, yeah. it's in this like relationship funnel, and stage you're just Yeah,
1: I accepted stage two.
0: Yeah, like what's third base? Like let's <laughs> um, Yeah, no. So yeah, I don't necessarily like it. I also think, um, you know, there's just there's something about actually, like if he is really wanting to connect, actually connect, consume some of your content, Mm-mm. and have something to say about it. Um, because I think that I understand what he's doing, but it's at the very first level. It's like going to a meetup. He's he's at the meetup. He's saying, oh, you know, we should connect and all that sort of thing. Like all of that shit when people are like, oh, we should connect, blah, blah, mm. blah. Like that's that's not being a connected thing. That's sort of talking around networking. It's being a bit too fucking... Mm. He's being meta.
1: Um, just outside of that... Uh, that's all I wanted to talk about, Dave. I don't want to give him any more airtime. Yeah, time. but um, it's fine.
0: I I have been getting LinkedIn stuff where it's people saying they'll add me, and then they'll say, "Ah, oh, I've got this new music royalty free." Um,
1: Website, I think it would be great for filmmakers. It's probably the same guy because I quizzed him on it. I said, how is this any better than Artlist.io? Oh, yes. yeah. yeah. I said that. Did you say that? No, I didn't
0: really (laughs) engage. We said
1: the exact same thing. It was a a dude based in Sydney? Uh, Yeah,
0: Berlin and Sydney. Yes, yes. And it
1: was complicated because he's like, sign up and I went on to it. And I was like, how do I listen to this stuff without putting my credit card details in? Yeah.
0: Well, how about this? I saw on LinkedIn someone did a post where they screen grabbed this conversation. Oh, no. Which was a message. A guy said, hey, blah, 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 I'd like to connect. And then three days later, you don't even have the decency to write back, (laughs) blah, blah, blah. And so this guy actually sent back like a really nice message being like, hey, mate, I've actually been away. I didn't send your message, Mm. you know. But do we need to be writing back to everyone?
1: no. No. And I was listening to someone talk about going viral. Um, it was on Matt D. Vella's podcast. Okay. Shout uh, out to Matt. First shout time out, you've, you've uh, oh, done no. a shout out for Matt.
0: <laughs> uh, it's a good podcast. The Ground Up show. Yeah. Have a listen to it. He He's great because he's an amazing filmmaker mm. and he's bridging that gap in probably the best way that I've seen of video and audio content. And every yeah, single yeah. time I have it up on the TV, uh, Brie... Fan fan girls and says oh, I just love I love his color grades I really love his yeah. color grades Yeah you hate that Yeah stuff. I'm just like what's What do you think of my what's grades Just something
1: good about his lut <laughs> Exactly mm-hmm. um, Lut's a look up table It's like a color grade setting that you just drop onto footage if you just want to That was what a the really we're talking about that
0: That was a really good. um Answer.
1: Like, well, I, I should I should know I'm a fucking filmmaker. I didn't know what a fucking LUT was like two years ago. Yeah, so I'm not is... using this bullshit LUT. <laughs> fucking LUT. Put an S in front. You know what happens. LUTs. Oh, that's LUT. <laughs> I put the S at the end. That's good. No, that's anyway, good. one of his guests was talking about going viral. Mm-hmm. And um, a brief, just a quick summary of how she went viral. It wasn't just like making a video Like what you and I do and it go viral. She organized some event and there was fucking all these big celebrities performing. Was it Coachella? No, 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 no. So, some guy got like shamed online on this Facebook page. Yeah. And then she tweeted out like putting support behind this guy because he was like a bad dancer. And Mm -hmm. they were like, let's get together and dance and... And they ended up doing this adventure. I think she was on like fucking Ellen. All these cr- crazy shit, like legit viral. Yeah. Um, and she was talking how it was like a, it's like a full time job. Like she literally, like the amount of inbound that she was getting once it happened, it took her days to get back to. Yeah. And so that's that's someone who is obviously not a, a star or not a celebrity or doesn't experience this on a daily basis, and then falls into it, and then like so my point is if you were big you wouldn't be getting back to 90% of the people 99% of the people yeah
0: but there is I think there is something to be said with yeah the early I think it's picking your mediums what medium are you going to be really good at Mm. Seth Godin Derek Sivers they're good with email they'll get back they don't do fucking social media that well but if you send them a fucking email they'll get back unless you fucking request Seth Godin on the daily talk show Mm-hmm. he won't necessarily write back. but um no, so, but interestingly about uh, that example of going viral, it's almost touching on uh, what we we're speaking to Ryan John about yesterday, where mm. the uh, she's gone viral for this thing mm. and it's like this hockey stick growth, which you know that startup terminology of just fucking peaks goes super big really quick, and then a couple of things happen all of that audience is going to be a certain type of audience and if it's disconnected from what you do day to day, so if she's a video person, you know, this guest and they are being celebrated for the event, how do you sort of, how do you leverage going mm-hmm. forward? But also that uh, that virality will subside, it will come down. Yeah and it's interesting I wonder what the residue is of that like what you know what do you um, what's the long lasting effects of going viral
1: yeah well look at the o-bike thing there's like a drip effect from that yeah as far as so like an instant hype and radio interviews and TV stuff and then it fades but there's still touch points along the way.
0: Well, there's still the story. The story yeah. always remains. And so, I think at the beginning, it becomes about... And the, the tattoo I got <laughs> of a <an> no <O-bike laughs> <from> my arm <laughs> <laughs> is still there. It's not <laughs> going- <laughs> But the, the thing is that there's the... Um, I think that through this process, you're selling different things. So, at the mm. beginning, you're selling mm. the, um, the entertainment value, the actual thing. Mm. And then, I feel like... A year later, it becomes a retrospective where you're talking about this is how I did the thing. You deconstruct it and you say, okay, um, these are the five things that I did to be able to get people talking about it.
1: Yeah. So I'm thinking yesterday, I made this video and it hasn't done that well and I thought it would do better. Um, Was this the fire one that you No, fake it till you make it. Fake it it till you make it, sure. So just was talking about that, how that premise relates to me and how mm-hmm. i put it to use yeah when i was young and um naive mm-hmm. and how it sort of worked for me in some respects um but i spent more time on that video than i did on the o-bike video mm-hmm. and the o-bike video went mad and this hasn't done anything right yeah but i, I like i'm more proud of the video, the the make a video yeah. in terms of like i for me to have to tell that story and reflect and bring all these elements in it was like i was challenging myself it was harder it was actually harder to shoot and edit that and it was more simple than the o-bike one
0: well i think that the aim of the game isn't like the the metric that you're looking at in life isn't just views and if it is just views you'll there's heaps of ways of like you could be a full-time fail video guy where you specialize in filming people getting fucked up like falling off bikes and stuff yeah being a jackass right there there is an audience there are so many audiences out there where you could if that was your number one mm-hmm. metric and your only metric however um like this is an example of like there's a lot of things at play and what that reminds me of is i remember doing a video um of this person, and uh, it was like a little short documentary that I made a few years back. Mm. And uh, we decided that before we would release that doco, we would do like um, why we were while we were there filming them. We we're like, let's get a bit of extra content. So we did like a little Q and A with them. That Q and A had about the same, if not more, views than the doco that took mm. uh, you know two days to film, a day to edit. Versus the Q and A, which was like twenty minutes at the end of filming, and yeah. that we just got up that night.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah it's totally right. Uh, and my metric wasn't uh, for me personally. I got a lot of satisfaction out of making it, mm-hmm. and then being able to look back. Like, I for me, that video talking about that fake it till you make it. Um, it what it did was like it made, it formed it it brought together thoughts that I had on this thing. And solidified them, and and I was able to articulate it, even though I can't right now. But I articulated the "fake it till you make it" premise within my life, and I'm proud of being able to create that. And I think creators, it's like the piece of art that sells for the most might not necessarily be the one you think. Yeah,
0: it's all about timing as well. Yeah, and leveraging what's happening. So, O bike was a hot topic the media wanted to be covering it yeah. and you gave them content, which really fitted perfectly into that. Mm. Uh, the thing is that if you look at the conversations that you actually have on this mainstream media, it's not necessarily like meaningful nah. conversations. Like we spoke about that when uh, uh, my friends, the minimalists were on the project and I, had the privilege of going around Australia and New Zealand, filming them doing their talks, and then you hear them within the context of a night show where they have five minutes and it's a quick chat, okay. bunch of goofs interviewing. Yeah, it's like it's you know lovely goofs. Yeah, zinger after zinger. But it's a it's a different format. Yeah. Um, and so it's also working out like what is the uh, what's the goal on all of this? Mm. Um. And I don't think like is the right approach to um actually we're speaking to to Ryan about this after the show yesterday. It's that thing of um thinking that everything's going to be going viral, like positioning everything as going viral and then that heightens everything, so everything has to be super fucking creative and all that sort of thing, versus being like, okay, this is um I'm doing this just because I'm working on my craft. I think it's a good story, yeah. but it's not necessarily going to be a viral piece and doing that. Yeah. Um, oh,
1: you cannot think like that. It's, it's, it cripples. Yeah. It cripples your if creative. Thinking,
0: thinking that everything's going viral. Yeah, thinking yeah. that everything is. Yeah.
1: You're just going to make. Yeah. Um, I was uh, talking to a client of mine about they created a bigger piece and it's all sort of related. They created like a bigger documentary Mm-hmm. nine minute mini documentary style yeah that they want people to look at, and they wanted to sort of cut together this trailer for it, so one video essentially mm-hmm. that would promote it and the thinking around that is going the trailer might actually get more views than the actual documentary, yeah, and that's all people will see, so my thought around it was cut the cut the documentary you know cut five bits of the documentary. And put them onto Instagram. That's where they wanted to post it, as touch points. Yeah, because it's amazing what people miss yeah. and what you think. Just because you put together one video and put it out there, it's like people see it. But yeah, you can't, you can't um, predict where people will stop and actually consume this stuff. Yeah,
0: I think it's that people are um, have an idea of the destination, um, and a lot of the times they're wrong. On where So, they're like, okay, we want to, um, I remember an example being when I was working in radio doing digital content for the drive show Fifi and, and Jules here in Australia, They um, we would be cutting up these teasers, right? So, it's like, say, we'd be doing a video. We're doing like a main video and we'd cut up a teaser and put that out the day before. The problem being that Social media doesn't do well with teasers. They like it's like, mm. don't waste our fucking time. Like, when the content's there, show us the content. Yeah. Don't fucking tease us. And it's, yes. I think, playing into the algorithm and that type of thing. It's like people are there to see the um, to see the movie, not the trailers, right? Yeah. So that that was one lesson I remember. So I think that what I got out of it is that every piece of content needs to honor the platform that it's on. Mm. So, that means don't fucking pixelate a photo on Facebook to try and get people to click through to see the actual photo on the website, which was fucking common practice. Yeah, yeah. You need to give them value on the actual, this is why I think anyway, on the platform, which then will get them to naturally want to explore it's fucking well, harder. Well, if you look at it
1: this time, uh, this way, if what if that's the only time you've got their attention? So yeah. that teaser is the only time in that day that they're gonna have, they're gonna be looking at your content, mm-hmm. and you've just served them up a half baked piece of content. Well, that's why I think clickbait is so hilarious because it's yeah.
0: it's the pr- the premise of clickbait is we are going to have a headline that's probably detached from the actual story to get people to view the story. Mm. It's like the ultimate oversell under deliver, which might get people to click through, but will it create like a good brand? Will it build a great relationship? So I think there is, I think that the hard balance is representing things because clickbait works like if you've got a good story you want to have a title that works well Mm. with the story so it's like when we're trying to work out what to call ryan the podcast with ryan john yesterday it's okay what can we say that's going to pique someone's interest Mm. without them thinking that they're going to get this fucking like
1: crazy story and what do we do just an honest Uh, looking for your birth mother or whatever it was.
0: And so by being honest, then you might get less, maybe you get 70% of the clicks that you would have gotten. However, those 70% will appreciate it a lot more.
1: Well, the trust hasn't been broken too. The amount of times I get furious if I don't see it within the first paragraph of what they've linked me to or what they've promised and then you get there and then you read through, it's like, what are you fucking talking about? I heard on on in the car on the way here this morning, the host, the radio host, hooking. Mm-hmm. So it's a thing you do. You know, you want to hook forward. Um, TSL times T time spent listening. TSL, yeah. And so you're trying to sort of uh, make the person stick around for longer to hear yep. what's coming up. This person gave gave a hook about Drake's got some big news, and we're going to bring it to you in the next fifteen. Pick up your iPhone and just search for it. Exactly. Hooking, like (laughs) it's almost irrelevant. Like if you're in a cab or if you're in a car, you get someone next to you, can you just search that? Like my thought instantly, I'm going to look that up straight away. I don't want to fucking wait 15 minutes. And so, yeah, your point is like, how about dishing up a solid piece of content every 15 minutes or just constantly bringing value.
0: Yeah, it's, it's the equivalent of like if you're a supermarket and you have three punnets of strawberries that each day go for a dollar, right? It's a fucking bargain. Yeah. Where? Where? But there's only fucking three punnets of it. And then so you put up at the front of the building strawberries, $1 a punnet. Anyone after those three punnets are gone are going to be fucking pissed because they're going to rock up. And I've noticed that those things at like cafes or things like that where it's like, uh, I remember I stopped going to a place called Inner Rush that was next to my uh, old office uh, in the city when I was working at Invato because they had this um, uh, breakfast special. And it's like get one food item and a coffee for X amount. And then all of a sudden I would get the spanakopita every time. And one day they're like, "Oh, the spanakopita is not part of the deal." Oh, fuck off! And I was like, "Bro, first it was, <laughs> first it was being slow when you call yourself in a rush, and now you're not giving me the spanakopita. You can go fuck yourself." <laughs> so I never went there again. But um, <laughs> that, but that that is it. being honest from the get go yeah. is going to, de- and I think that it makes people uncomfortable. Like I remember hearing, I was. Uh, was in the situation where I was in an office, it was sort of like an open-plan office, and someone was doing their job interview in the in the office. So I could hear everything, and it was fucking. I loved it, right? Yeah, because taking notes. Yeah, because I wasn't in the like Live I wasn't tweeting. In, I wasn't in <laughs> the context. Like I was sort of sitting outside as an outsider, hearing it. Yeah, and it was fascinating. Being like, um, this person that was being interviewed saying, "I love." Uh, working with teams, that's where I'm best, working with teams, blah, blah, blah. The the um, interviewer said, now there is a lot of work where there's going to be alone time. And the interviewee is like, great, because I also love my oh, alone time, no. right? And so, there is... on If, if the girl had just said, um, you know, the interviewee had just said, um, yeah, no, like that doesn't seem like it's the right fit. I think that that would... Have a lot more cut through. Mm. And that's where, as um, service providers, the criticism that, that um, Brie sort of gives me or qu- Brie questions me on is when I say no to things or when I give pushback or I say, you know. Your business is called pushback production. <laughs> <isn't> it? It? <laughs> exactly. No, but it's. Hasn't the,
1: filmed anything yet because there's too much
0: <laughs> pushback. Too much, not doing it, bruh. Um, no, but the thing is, and. Um, Brie being in the business more has seen what happens when you don't give that pushback. Mm. So, if you're the person that says, yes, yeah, we'll make it work and there are alarm bells going off. So, you haven't got the correct creative brief that you need to be able to do the mm. best job. It's always hard to say no. And the, in the creative process, there is going to be a level of ambiguity that you're that is just naturally going to happen. But you need to have, and this is the difference I think between someone who's a seasoned professional and mm. someone who doesn't have as much experience is someone with not as much of experience will be quick to say, quote for something. Say, so, yeah, this mm. is how much it's going to cost. Yes, I'll do it. Whereas if you haven't worked out how many cameras you need or like yes. how many deliverables and it, it's being confident in what your, um where those lines are because yes. clients naturally don't want friction. They just want someone to do it. Yeah. But it's realizing when you need to have those friction points. So Mm. when the tone of the email is like, oh, no, we don't have those details yet. Like, does it, like uh, one that I had the other day was, um, I said, I need to know whether, is it going to be, are you, for a deliverables point of view, are you wanting one long video of this or are you wanting shorter pieces? Mm. And they're like, oh, does that really matter? Yes. Well, yeah, it does. (laughs) And And it's hard in those moments because. There is that sort of questioning of yourself, which is like, am I being unreasonable? No
1: fucking way. It's... um, I, I think for people out there, you know, getting videos from people, I'd be sceptical if they're not asking you yeah, details and giving you quotes and stuff. Yeah. Because you don't... Fuck, I've become the metaphor guy as well now. Yeah. Well, can you build me a house? Yeah, sure. It's 300 grand. Uh, what I didn't tell you what it was. Yeah,
0: exactly. And that's, I think, the... Uh, the thing that's happening a lot at the moment where it's um there's a lot especially if someone's being honest in their pricing mm. they're going to ask a lot of questions up front right mm. if someone said if someone says hey can you buy uh build me a house i want it and they put some extra scope around it like uh oh, we want it to be environmentally friendly want it to be all natural products and they say okay it's going to cost 1.5 million to do right Yes, they might be completely legit, but they're going to be making a lot more fucking margin because the agreement there is, okay, we're going to play in it the, like the, the boundary that we're using, the boundary line is the budget. Whereas if they said, okay, yeah, environmentally friendly, would you like these types of tiles or would you like you know this, this type of flooring? Uh, all of those questions... Then they can say, okay, well, if we're, if we're going to make this home, you know, with floor to ceiling glass, then that's going to cost X amount, but we can make savings in X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And you're, if you're not the fucking builder and you're working with the builder, the builder does this every fucking day. So they know, they've got the contacts and they can find opportunities. They can say, we actually know we have a company that um, does the pre-cut mm. glass. We can get all oh, we're doing at this job. It allows for creativity.
1: The The business that I've experienced this um, dealing with them is like that say yes and then internally scramble and you see it is PR agencies. Yeah, I feel like they have to be seen to be putting out Mm-hmm. Yes, we're doing it. It's all good. We got this is fucking bringing the vibe, yeah, and then it's just like this nightmare inside, yeah, and I've experienced that with quite a few people who are in the p r industry
0: well, I think agencies in general, right because when you're communicating, we're a one shop mm. one stop shop when you're a one stop shop, how the fuck do you say no? what you're selling yeah. there is we do everything mm. and you are you are going to attract clients that expect a yes every single time. Mm. And so, that could work. So, there's got to be a lot of margin and it's got to be like, okay, we're going to get a couple of million dollars off this company every year and then we're going to use that money to get resources or hire people who are specialized. So, if all of a sudden you go from doing their social media and they say, we want you to do their email You know, email marketing, then there needs to be a few hundred thousand dollars buffer there that they can just hire then and there an email marketer, and uh, the client doesn't have to worry at all. It's
1: definitely not the business I want to build, as in that vibe, that sort of because I know what it feels like personally to be going, fuck, we need to work this out. Problems are great, problems that need solving is. What we the, we're in the game of solving problems. Yeah. Videos are just a problem. Yeah, <laughs> and so I'm quitting. I've quit. <laughs> it's fucking annoying. No, but it is that it is that balance because I
0: think that we're both reasonable. We both like love. Like part of the reason, or the biggest part of the reason, is that I want clients to be happy. Mm. And if I think that there's too much sort of ambiguity, there's too much unknown, there's not a focus on defining what success is it's like um i saw craig harper did a instagram post your mate uh coach and all around nice guy did a, a, a his what lessons whiteboard lessons or whatever mm. he calls it on instagram is it whiteboard lessons that's his instagram Yes. Yeah. Insta. and he did one where it's like be the person who finishes things right and i think the one of the interesting things around that is if we were to really deconstruct it why, don't, why aren't things done? Why aren't they finished? Mm. And for me, I think it's actually the definition of done. Defining what done is. Because the, the loose ends that can happen when you're in a business where it's like, oh yeah, we want this extra thing mm. or we want that sort of thing. That's the area where things never really get done because there isn't a clear definition. Yeah. So, I feel like mm. the getting things done, having it complete, actually requires a piece of work at the start every single time you say yes to say to something have a have a mutual discussion and have a mutually decided done point mm. when is this done when we hand you over this file this is when it's done yeah i think that that, that is really important and whenever i've felt uncomfortable it's when you've said yes to all these things and it's just a yeah. bit of a hang on it. and we all, everyone who's in any creative field knows that yeah. and it can be enticing initially because it's like, yeah, we're just, we're going to work on this until you're happy and that, but that's a fucking hard done point, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas if you say, okay, Version one will be done at this point and then we're going to go on to version two and then having those milestones creates boundaries and within those boundaries, you can actually define success. Mm. Did we complete it on time? The thing I hate the most is uh, not having a clear deadline on things. If any client tells you we're fucking easy, create (laughs) your own deadline and communicate it. If someone says we're easy, we're saying, okay, with my... Uh, with my timeline uh, it needs to be completed and done by the end of april and then because otherwise you can fall into this trap where it's like you know if i can charge 10 grand for a job and you're thinking it's going to take two weeks and then uh, the client's easy and you're six months later and they're still like scrambling or finding things and you're not doing work but that's like cognitive load that you have to fucking think about
1: it's always good to offload a load
0: yeah, <laughs> great, uh, great. Last way to thought. It's a uh, great way to finish up. There hang. we go again. All Another hang. metaphor. How many? Do you, how many you got? It's a daily talk show, everyone. Um, Michelle emailed us and said that uh, uh, it was a bit hard on uh, old uh, old mate Ryan's mum with yeah. his with his three word hang up. Yeah. Um. Can't, it was can't. Good gear. It was good gear, and it is funny. It's funny the dynamics. Like, I'm not a blokey bloke. I've never been a bloke. I've never been yeah. woof, woof, one of the boys. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I do I do notice the uh, the dynamic where it's just like, I get fucking, my head starts fucking nodding on my well, ear. Well, there's a group of blokes we're, we're, together. There's a, there's a few guys. It's just like, let's, I think it's you. Um, I don't think I did it too much yesterday, but I was like, there's
1: that desire to have some zingers. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Just yeah, fucking yeah. make everyone laugh. Yeah, yeah. Um, so We well, start matching other people because everyone's doing it and then you... Bring it, and you're, you're a one-up man. <laughs> I bring a metaphor. It's, it's shit-ass. You bring a better one. It's the
0: shtick. It's the shtick. <laughs> hey everyone, it's The Daily Talk Show. Thanks for listening. See you, guys.